listening to the Hackett Racket with Michael Hackett. Boom! What is happening? How you doing? How you getting on? We are back, man. Back to custom craziness in this Corona times. Oh my God! Day fifty-nine thousand. 500 in the corona lockdown. Some of us are going stir crazy. <laughs> I'm going out of my mind. Fuck me. I feel like just catching it just a little bit. You know what I mean? Just a, just a little sniffle's worth. Just so I'm immune. Do you feel like this? Like I'm on the beach now in Brighton and no one is giving a shit about this lockdown anymore. Like even the cops are just strolling along, look like they're smoking joints and shit themselves. I know this Brazilian dude who's playing like the bongos on the beach. The cops came over to him, talked to him for five minutes and walked off whilst he continued playing the bongos. Like I don't know what the conversation was, but they certainly weren't stopping him. He was more like, oh, that's a good tune, man. Have you got any, any Rizzler? You know what I mean? People are just going, shit, man. I'd rather catch the disease than die of boredom. Hey, I'll tell you one thing as well, which is the upside of Corona. No one ever predicted. It makes good weather, doesn't it? <laughs> if you don't know, it's ever since it kicked off, it's been sunshine every fucking day. Like, are the clouds infected? Are they, like, are they on lockdown too? Like, God going, hey, you need to stay inside. <laughs> the clouds are like, I don't want to catch it. Might get a sniffle. Fucking all the raindrops coming out of me. Jesus, man. This is amazing. Like, we should spray Corona into the air. Just to do that stuff. That's what I've heard they do in Dubai. In Dubai, man, they can make the weather like rain. How fucking mad is that? Dubai has got so much money that they can inject this stuff into the sky and make a thunderstorm and make it rain. Like they give warnings to all the people living there going, by the way, it's going to rain like crazy this weekend. So stay inside, protect yourself. Then they shoot some stuff in the sky. (coughs) That is... That's some God stuff, that, isn't it, man? Imagine the first time that you do that, you go, watch this, you want it to rain tomorrow? Yeah, okay, watch this. And just spray whatever you have to spray in there and just straight away, the thunderstorms start coming. You're telling me you won't feel a little bit like Moses with some staff pointing it in the mountain, some Jesus-style stuff, and like a thunderstorm comes and you're in the middle of it all going, I told you, you should have listened to me. It's fucking amazing. Oh, God. But yeah, I tell you, as far out as Dubai people are, man, they don't like it when you bring that Western pisshead attitude over there, man. They, <laughs> I, I almost missed a flight on the way back. I almost got into so much fucking trouble. Jesus. So what happened was, I did this Oktoberfest gig up in Newcastle and they paid me 850 quid for one night. I've never earned 850 quid for one night doing comedy, man. And like, I just thought, should we just blast this money? So I said to this other comic mate, I goes, do you want to go to Dubai for one night? Like the flights were like 300 quid or something each. So I just went, let's do it, man. Let's just go for one night only. So it was a big rush, man. We jumped on this plane, flew down to Dubai, got out the other side. We knew this friend who lived over there in Jumeirah Beach, whatever it's called, started getting on the lash big time, right? Just drinking, drinking, drinking. And the culture's so different over there, man. Like I'm in this nightclub. I thought I was like mega hot or something because all these chicks are just like, hey, smiling at me. I'm like, whoa, is this, is this how it is down here? Turns out they're all prostitutes. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, drinking away. Six, seven in the morning. Then we have to get like back to the airport to get the next flight back home. And like we jump in the taxi, turn up at the airport and I'm steaming drunk now, man. So fucking steaming. I can't even walk straight, man. I'm kind of like half wobbling and stuff like that. You ever had this when you're so drunk, like you can't even use normal words anymore? You have to kind of bring them down to more simple ones because there's too many syllables in the sentence. <laughs> you run that one like, oh, isn't this amazing? And then you're like, oh man, man. You're like, oh shit, I need to change it. Isn't it good? 
Fucking hell. So I roll up to the checking desk, right? And just not even having any self-awareness of how bad I must look or the fact alcohol is almost illegal in this country. I just slide my passport straight to a woman who sat behind the desk and just go, please, can you get me a fire exit seat? I'm going to be sick. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, that is not what you want to say to a Dubai checkout girl, man. Oh, my God. Instead of helping me straight away, she on the radio, man. Blah, 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 right? Some security guard turned up, took one look at me, goes, mate, you are not getting on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that moment when you realise, oh shit, I'm about to be fucked, right? I suddenly switched into the poshest English I know. And I was like, what on earth are you talking about? What on earth are you talking I'm not drunk at all. I'm not drunk. Anyway, long story short, he says, go for a coffee. Try and sober up. Come back and we'll look at you then, man. Oh God, I sat in this cafe at the side of the security bit, right? I must have drank about 10 coffees. Enough to give me like diarrhea. You know that one when you have too many coffees and pfft, explodes inside your intestines. I turn back up at the desk, right? They're doing final call for our flight. And you should have seen it, man. I was like Prince Charles walking up there. I was like, hello there. Yes, I've returned to um, collect my tickets for the flight home, please, to England. Could I have them? Uh, and the guy's like proper weighing me up, right? He gives my passport back. And then he says, we've not cleared you yet. We're going to check you again when you get to the plane. I tell you, man, you ever been pissed trying to act sober? It's like all your memory of what it's like just to be a normal walking around human being just goes out the fucking window. And you start like standing really tall, marching like some kind of robot with straight arms. Like... Doof, doof, doof. <laughs> By the time I got to the plane, right, all the security guards were fucking following me through the airport and shit, just watching how I behaved at that. Like, I was in the queue to try and get on the plane, but, you know, like, in the terminal. And I could just tell the radio, tall man, yes, the tall guy. And I was just, like, just stood, just going, please, please don't fucking pull me aside now. Anyway, luckily, man, they let me get on the plane and I managed to get home. But I thought, Jesus, man, that is the last place. You want to get in trouble there, man. They cut your fucking hands off. That's the thing about Dubai. If you, like, commit a crime, they cut one of your hands off, right? I know not for, like, normal stuff, but, like, shoplifting and that, they cut your fucking hand off. And you think, surely once you cut two hands off, that means it's impossible to handcuff the criminal, which means they can commit as much crime as they want. Obviously, they'd be, like, limited. Like, you couldn't even stir a pot noodle, could you, with, like, two hands missing, but... <laughs> And you're handcuffing the criminal has got no actual hands. He just wriggle them off his wrists and goes, see you later. Fucking hell, man. But yeah, they got so much money over there, man. So much money. Not now, though, with all this oil crisis. You heard about this? The price of oil has gone negative. Like, actually, below zero. How the fuck does that even make any sense? Like, you turn up at a petrol station and they go, yeah, please, we'll give you 20 quid if you just fill up your car and take this fucking oil off us. Imagine that. Fucking hell, I love that shit. A barrel of oil. Apparently got to pay massive ships £100,000 a day just to store the oil. And I'm like, can't you turn those pumps off, man? Those pumps must be like some fucking psycho shit. It's got its own mind like the T-1000. We must suck oil, we must suck oil. <laughs> Imagine the first time you drill into the base of the seabed and you tap into oil and it just, just starts firing out and shit. I'm friends with this guy who um, worked deep sea diving and they have to sit in like this um, living quarters that's pressurized so that when they come out of it and like drill one of the oil rigs onto the floor of the sea, they're already used to the kind of pressure. But the way they survive is they, they, they got a helium oxygen mix. So like when they phone home and speak to the wives and that, their voice is like, hello, how are you doing? How's it going? <laughs> how fucked up is that? 
And I'm like, what's it like? Is it dangerous? He goes, yeah, it's dangerous. Like one of them died. One of them died on the toilet. So they got like a special toilet that you're supposed to put the poo in, screw it down, and then press the button and it releases it, right? Could you imagine the pressure difference? This guy somehow fucking messed it up. Went, and then just fucking the toilet just sucked out his intestines or whatever it is, cut him all open from the inside. And then he died. Like most people die on the toilet Monday morning having a heart attack, man. But this dude just died from the pressure difference. And imagine as well, like the screen probably wasn't even like, it's more like, ah! Because it's helium. God, that is a bad way to go. What a fucking, what a start, Michael, to this podcast. This is such a strange story to get into. I know, I didn't expect to talk about this either. Fucking Corona. <laughs> I'm going to blame Corona on everything. By the way, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I have to say, man, and I've got to explain what it is I'm actually doing here because I realise unlike most podcasts where right at the start they go this podcast is going to follow this format and it's about this so tune in if you like football we're talking about football yeah i, I got to explain what I'm actually doing here so I used to be a dentist and I wrote a book called English Dentist by Michael Hackett which is on Amazon man it's got like a green cover or an orange cover depending on which like version you buy but like uh, I'm going to read out the chapters each couple of days and explain the story behind the story because like, there's so much more that went on with the book than like what I explain in the text, man. It's like fucking crazy. And like, if you want to follow me or anything like that, just go on One Off Comedy. That's my handle on Facebook, One Off Comedy. Or it's like Michael Hackett Official on Facebook, Instagram. Or you can go on oneoffcomedy.co.uk. And by the way, thank you for sending in your message as well, man. It's always nice to hear the ones of you that said join it. Going, this is fucking brilliant, Michael. Keep telling us more. Keep telling us more. I will do, man. For those of you as well that are just also like not been listening to the previous chapters, man. Some of this story might not make sense because you're like, who's he on about now? What the fuck? I'll just give you a tiny recap, man. So I worked in the prison, worked in beauty salons doing Botox, got fired, had to leave, moved down to London doing this, like working in this dental practice, they're all really posh and like really snooty going, hmm, hello, yes, the food is exquisitely divine, all this kind of stuff. Now we're at the Christmas do, they're really miserable, the staff. I'm trying to get them all going. So I do this little trick to win the raffle. And now I'm about to do a move that's gonna get me fired. <laughs> so here we go. Chapter 10, the sack race. Sometimes in life, you should quit whilst you're ahead. I stupidly thought I could take this team further. So when Mariah Carey's Christmas tune started blasting out, yeah, man, that's a tune that, innit? All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> Not as bad as that, but it's a tune, man. Anyway, so when that started blasting out, I grabbed two receptionists telling the others to come and join us on the dance floor. In hindsight, this is where it all started to go wrong. Yeah, so what happened was I got a bit like wild. You know how when you're pissed and you're having a good time at a party and I thought, man, I can take this team further, get them to be buzzing big time, man. Never mind like the free salmon they were getting out of the bloody hamper. Right, so it was, come on, let's go to the dance floor. Like, so not everyone came, like just half, like a couple of receptionists, a few nursing stuff. So we got on the dance floor and the tunes were just mint after mint after mint. So like they had ice, ice, baby come on man that is the tune and a half that one like when like when that's dun, 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 dun. if you're not smiling when that tune starts man you, you gotta be a knob like, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. like if you don't start like bending your elbow and like doing those pumps in the air like sh, sh, <laughs> you've got no soul so like i was saying that was blasting out and like we started forming the circle on the dance floor you know like when someone goes in the middle and starts doing a stupid little dance and they come back out like five seconds later so we're all taking it in turns and I go in the middle and I start getting wilder and wilder and like people are clapping going more, more, more. But this is where the turning point of the night happened. 
So a couple of cougars from another table started joining in the circle and cougars are fucking wild. Like, rah, rah. <laughs> Face tattoo pulling at my Santa outfit. This is like the half drag Santa outfit. I've got the red coat and fishnet tights, right? And they're like, start going off, off, off. Cause like they want to do like a magic mic dance, you know, like a strip naked dance. And instead of going, no, 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 that's not how I behave. I'm a dentist, right? Cause that's definitely not me. I like, started like taking the encouragement, yeah, okay, I'll fucking strip. So like a fucking idiot, one button at a time, I start loosening off the red coat, opening it up, right? Start like pulling down the fishnet tight slowly. And then I do a little spin round as if to like, you know, tease the audience and build the atmosphere for <laughs> the big crescendo. Anyway, just as one vision by Queen came on, one vision, one love, did it. Like whatever it does, right? I pulled down the fishnet tights, pulled everything open, did a spin round, man, and just revealed my cock and balls to the entire 100 party goers at this restaurant. Fucking hell, man. Everyone was in hysterics going, rah, clapping. I'm just there, stood like the Star of David, thinking it's amazing, right? But as fate would have it, or common sense from an outside perspective, <laughs> It turned out it was only amazing for people who weren't directly employed by a mortified boss, which left only me. What a fucking idiot I was, man. Jesus. I came back to the table literally thinking I would like, you know, be the be the hero of the night for getting the party going, right? I sat down going, buzzing, right? Clive, the boss, is sat there, arms crossed, fucking fuming, right? All the dentists are there, arms crossed as well. You'd think that at least the dentists would be like, you know, buzzing on the sly. Anyway, I went, it's been that, wasn't it? Fucking Clive just opened up on me in a second, man. You're fired, you fucking cunt. You're fired. He's there pointing at me, like that a strobe light I remember on his face. He's going, wait, wait, wait. On his face, <laughs> it's made him look even more psychopathic, right? Worst bit about it was, like, you know, when you're in a tense moment and someone just disturbs you at the worst possible time. This fucking stranger from the table next door came wading over, pissed up, just went right in between me and Clive as he's pointing right in my face, right? And he just grabbed hold of me and started shaking it, going, mate, that was fucking piss funny. I was like looking at him, going, now's not the time, now's not the time. Anyway, long story short, man. Clive fired me right there, man. He goes, you're fired, you fucking cunt. I'm going to get you struck off for this, you fucking cunt. And I was just devastated, man. I was just sat on this chair, half pulling up my ripped fishnet tight still. All the dentists just sat around watching me. It was a proper awkward moment. So I just went, oh, I'm sorry. And I kind of walked off to the toilet. I started crying in the toilet, man, as a grown man, just like <laughs> weeping away. <laughs> like some really upset drag queen. Right. Tisha knocked on the door. She's like, Rast, that was off the chart, baby. People loved it. She had no idea I'd been fired. I was like, I've just been fired, Tisha. She's like, what? No way. How could I? I was like, yeah. Anyway, that's the moment you realize when you get sacked that you're completely on your own, man. Like everyone, the party just carried on as normal. And I was now completely sacked with Clive saying he's going to report me to get me struck off. So I just kind of was so gutted. I slipped out a fire exit door at the back of the restaurant, started walking home, got a kebab, kicked over a wheelie bin and just thought, fucking bastards. <laughs> You're listening to the Hackett Racket with Michael Hackett. <laughs>